Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. Hi, I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And I'm Charles Epting of H.R. Harmer in New York City. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. So, Charles, today, our guests, if you will. Mini episode today. Mini episode today. Talking specifically about the Museum of Philately. We're talking to Devlin Cruck and Marcus Orsi again. Uh, about, Who's becoming a regular on Conversations yeah. with Philatelists. Yeah. So, so this is exciting. The Museum of Philately is a digital initiative uh, by, by David Feldman Auctions that's uh, teaming up with Virtual StampX to uh, provide a, a resource to people who, uh, you know, want to view great collections or great items. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically everything you would expect from a, from a museum, but in a, a virtual space. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about this. I learned a bit during the first virtual StampX, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, this is as much a learning experience as any of our listeners, I'd imagine. So I'm really excited to have uh, Devlin and, and Marcus uh, on with us today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I frequented it in the first virtual StampX. I'm looking for, I know they've added some things. That's what they're here to talk about. Like everyone else. Yeah. I think they're using second virtual StampX as a chance to build on what they learned and, and make mm-hmm. a, a bigger and better museum of philately. So yeah. uh, let, let's bring these two gentlemen on. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Good, how are you? How are you? Yeah, good. Hi, guys. Hi. Good to see you again, Marcus. Good to yes. see you. Get, get, we're getting to, get, getting to see each other right there. <laughs> Michael's going to have you on to uh, replace me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So... Uh, Thank you for for both joining us. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about why um, why you're on today, the Museum of Philately? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say. You know, in, in some in some ways, we we can just kick off and yeah. you know talk. I think one of the uh, the topics that we 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 wanted to plug particularly is the is the second um, virtual Stampex, mm-hmm. which is coming up at the end of this month. Um, and, you know, we've got, um, we've, we've managed to, um, put up the, uh, Anatoly Karpov's collections of Belgium, which mm. is the sort of the latest big, um, addition to, to the museum. And that's a, a, a huge sort of honor to be able to have done that. Um, I mean, obviously the collections have been sold, um, uh, but, but it's, it's to, bring them to the museum and 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 preserve them and so that's the that's the um um that that's that's the sort of launch for 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 virtual stampx and then um there's the tours um uh devlin do you want to say something about that yeah me and marcus are going to be doing a couple of museum virtual museum tours um showing people probably start with the Karpov collection because it's new running over some of the rarities and also uh, look at some of the other collectors that are in our uh, platform and um, introducing perhaps some little anecdotal stories behind the scenes. Um, we've also got a talk by uh, John Davis, who, who's a, a sort of an eminent present-day uh, collector. Uh, he's the sort of past president of the Great Britain Philatelic Society and past chairman of Stamp Active here in the UK, um, and he's a gold medal winning uh, collector who's going to be talking about his uh, Great Britain, Queen Victoria, 1890 Penny Post Jubilee collection. Uh, so mm. we're quite excited about that. Um, and that's 
completely free. These talks and tours are completely free and anybody can sign up and enjoy those. Great. Another plug for StampX and virtual StampX. And are you guys going to be involved? Yeah, we've actually got a booth there. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. One thing that I wonder about between the Museum of Philately and and other, uh, you know, auction houses and societies, there's been a huge push in recent years to preserve collections intact uh, before they're sold and to sort of create a a record where even after these things end up in in 100 different collections, there's a, 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 you know, a way to, to experience the collection when it was at its peak. Um, and, and this is, I think, a fairly modern uh, movement in philately. So for, for both of you, is there one collection historically that you wish the Museum of Philately had been around for to, to have seen it at its absolute uh, zenith? Is there is there one collector who you wish you could have flipped through his album pages uh, and, and experienced everything they had? Well, in, interesting, this because this takes us to, I'm going to let um, Devlin answer that as well, um, because we both have sure, surely different opinions. But it takes us to a subject which we'll touch on later. But we, we've got this kind of theme in our head of past, present, and future. Hmm. So the past, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's going to be, you know, for you guys, it's going to be Arthur Hind, or for us, it's going to be Burris or Ferrari um, or Tapling. Um, these are the, the guys of the past. What, what do you think, Devlin? Yeah, no, it's funny. We talked about this earlier on today when we were putting in some data in the museum and I needed to put in a chap called Vernon Roberts. And he's probably not that well known to many people around the world. However, he was a philatelist that had many significant items in his collection. And what's important about him, the reason I'm talking about him, is that he was inspired by Thomas Tapian to start a, a sort of a stellar collection. So, so you know, we've recognised that, that that many philatelists get their inspiration from past collectors. But the museum is, is, is of course, about preserving that. But it's, it's also about the modern-day, current, world-class philatelists. But also, we want to try and inspire the philatelists of the future. You know, who are we going to be talking about in, in 5, 10, 15 years' time? And, and will they get their inspiration from being able to have access to some of the world's greatest collections hmm. That, 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 that would have only been available to, 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 to a very small minority of people who could perhaps travel around the world or had connections with certain people who who had these collections either exhibited or on show somewhere. So, yeah, to answer your question, though, for me, it, 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 the tapping collection is still a possible, isn't it, in inverted commas, because it's in the British Museum. So, you know, you wonder if, you know, in the future we could do something like that. But, yeah, I mean, the names would be Ferrari, um, would be a name that would come up because will will anybody ever be able to assemble uh, a, an almost com- complete world collection in the manner in which he did? I mean, since the Ferrari sales in the twenties, that many of the rarities have been dispersed all around the world, so it'd be quite a, a difficult task to reassemble them. So yeah, it'd have been great to have seen Ferrari's collection intact. Yeah. I would agree. I, I would say Ferrari for the for the simple reason that actually what's mo- most interesting about would have been interesting about the Ferrari collection was obviously he's known for all his great rarities, right? But he had incredible. I mean, they in the in the auctions they had these little mixed lots, but you can the imagine lots drive oh. me crazy trying to <laughs> dissect what's in a description. 
it's it's amazing. <laughs> exactly. So you can imagine there's probably modern day rarities just thrown into 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 little boxes that were so <laughs> today far- you you could create an entire auction catalog out of a couple of balance lots of, of Ferrari stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think Ferrari would be would be uh, my choice too. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be giving a tour during during yeah. Stampac. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's a uh, look. We want we want people to you know. I mean, it's interesting picking up on on what you were saying earlier about preserving collections and so on. I think it's I think we've got to try. And I mean, this is what I hope we can do with the museum is we've got to get beyond. Uh, I, I would like to get beyond the feeling that the information that we have in the museum is our information mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's ours, therefore we're possessive of it. I would love to get to a place where, I mean, if it's our product, it would be wonderful. Um, if it's another product, fine. I'm hoping we'll get traction and it'll be our product that that makes it. But it would be great if we could work together as 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 a as a as a world of philately to pull together all this information because what happens is it gets lost so walk through tours of a collection can only mm. happen if we have the collection mm. you know it, it mm. can't happen if we don't if we haven't been able to preserve it i mean we're talking we'll announce in a couple of weeks uh, probably around stampex we're going to announce um, 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 a really great collection that um, is going to come our way as far as the museum is concerned. And it's two, two, one British Commonwealth collection and one Europe collection, but, but put together by the same person. And the collection is intact. It's not being sold for the moment. So it's a, it's a collection that, and it's enormous. And it's just going to be fantastic to work with the, the family because unfortunately the collector passed away. It'd be fantastic, fantastic to work with the family, to preserve, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's it. When, when, whenever we, uh, whenever I've been, you know, obviously handling collections all my life. And the sad thing is when a collection either is broken down. I mean, we use this word broken down. It's already so dramatic. <laughs> Let's break the collection down. And that's exactly what we do. We tear up the pages. We rip the things off the, you know, and it's like this guy spent his whole life putting this collection together. And we don't, you know, some sometimes it's not worth it. But so many collections, it's worth preserving it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is there a, kind of a, an initiative to, you, you say, uh, looking back at the past collections that you would have liked to have seen to recreate almost di- just digitally those collections. So say the yes. Ferrari collection, you can recreate it using just the, the scans because you knew what was in there and have yes. people walk through and view it. We, well, we go on, Devlin, <laughs> tell, tell them what we've just done. Go on. We, 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 we've just made an improvement to the website. Um, mm-hmm. So that when you click on a collector, so take Morris Burris, as an example, where we've tagged him as having a particular rarity in his collection, it now displays alongside his biography. Oh, wow. So, so as we keep populating the the system with with different collections, and we look back over the sort of history of the sale of that particular item, and we tag Burris or or, or, or Ferrari, it will start to build up um, all the rarities that they had in their collection. So, e- even today, if you went onto the museum of flatly.com and went to collectors 
found Morris Bruce's bio. Now, along the right-hand side of him, it's got provenance, and it shows all the world rarities that he's, he's owned in his collection. And if you click wow. on it, it tells you when he had them. And if the information is available, wasn't always available to, to, to us at the time, is, is how much he paid. So, um, And then the great thing is once you drill down to a rarity, you've got uh, the provenance history starting to build up as well. So as we start to populate the, the, the museum with collectors, like I mentioned Vernon Roberts today, he wasn't in, in the database, but he keeps coming up on very, very significant items. And I was working on the Bombay cover, which is a Mauritius cover with two 1D reds on it. Um, and you know, to put in perspective, this is a cover that sold for over over a million uh, dollars. And and I, I thought, look, the guy bought it in 1898, and I've got Lichtenstein and Burroughs and all the others. I need to put him in there. So gradually, we're starting to build up a, a, a complete picture of a world rarity and who had it in their collection when and what they paid for it. And that information can be looked at either through the rarity or it can be looked at through the collector. So yeah, you're right. I think. As we go along, the exciting thing is we are starting to build up a picture of the, the collections that some of these greats had. Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. And then, of course, the the, the you know the, we were going back to the past, present, and future. Obviously, what works very much on our hearts now is to, um, you know, because going into the past is wonderful, and it's wonderful for sorry to say geeks like us, you know, because yeah, we, we like <laughs> we like opening up the old dusty catalogs. But the yeah. reality is we want to deal with the present collectors, the ones that are alive today. We don't want them to die off and lose their connection. So what's very important, and that's why the that's why the the Karpov collection, why why it's significant is is that we we want we want to we want to start working on living legends that are still existing, you know. I mean, there are still some great collectors out there. I mean, um, do you know uh, Kramer? Um, what's his name? Um, George Kramer. Does anyone know George? You know, I mean, I don't know. He's, I mean, obviously he's getting on now. I don't know how he's doing, but what a character, you know? And I mean, I would love to have sat with him and talked to him and find out more about, you know, what he does. Or, or Walski, Stephen Walski. All these guys are just phenomenal people. And, you know, I think we... Did we talk? Yeah, I think we talked about Wolski and and the the last time we were on with with Ricky, we talked about mm-hmm. Wolski and the, and and Paris and why you got inspired going to the 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 um, stamp the stamp market in Paris. But you know we've got to we've got to start doing that now, and and it can't just be the Museum of Philately. We all have to work together to get that information on. And I would love to see that it's one application that does it because if everybody does their bit mm-hmm. it 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 never really it doesn't really hit home it's because everyone's done there oh well someone's done it for canada and someone's done it for new south wales and someone's done it for south africa but we haven't pulled them all together and that's really what we're doing with the world rarities is that we can't cover every stamp we can't cover the whole world we can take I don't know. We were talking about it today. The thousand top rarities of the world, thousand, mm-hmm. fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand. We can't do everything because if you try and do everything, you you just you'll 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 get lost. Yeah, that but, was that, that that was something I was just going to ask about the thousand, two thousand. I was going to say this might be a bit of a difficult question, but where is your 
threshold for great collectors or world rarities? What what is the threshold uh, that you're looking well, at? Interest, interestingly enough, we we um, um, in 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 the nineteen. I think you. I don't know if you've seen these. One, one of the things we have done while Marx is is, is going through his library <laughs> is is we've made sure we've got what we felt were the, the, the top ten most famous stamps in there. I mm-hmm. mean, there are more than top ten in there, and then we're going to work on maybe the top twenty, top fifty, top hundred. And, and and the great thing about this is is, is, is you know we, we can engage with people and say look do you think we're right you know do you think this is the top ten I mean Marcus has got his view on the top ten I've got my view and yeah. other people have got different views but sometimes it isn't about the value it's about it's, it's rarity or the, the mystique behind it or the story behind it or the or, or the amount of collectors the heavyweight collectors who wanted to have it in their collection that sometimes pushes a stamp that might be in position twelve to position five you know it's and it's a bit like, you know, we all go on about the British Guiana one cent magenta. Yeah, okay, so that's sold for $9.46 million. Okay, so it's the world's most valuable stamp. That's its title. And also it's rare as only one of a kind. But what would the Treskin and Yellow sell for if it sold today? What would the Bordeaux cover sell for if it went for today? So you – but and then there's other material that you could say uh, – what would happen if that came to market? And there was three or four people after that. So it's a really emotive subject and very exciting subject that uh, that we're on to. We're on to. I'll let you. Yeah, it's all right. In. We, in the in the nineteen, um, I think it was the nineteen eighties. We produced two. When was this? Yes, nineteen ninety. Oh, the nineteen nineties. Nineteen ninety seven. We produced. Uh, this is the Encyclopedia of Rare Stamps. I don't know if you've seen that before. Mm. Um, so we produced a. A, a volume called the biographies and a volume called the histories. So the bio, the, the 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 histories are fascinating. It's all about the stories, which is what people love. And that's what we want to create. Create the stories. The biographies, of course, is the provenance and how much it sold for and so on. So the in, I suppose the inspiration for the museum came was born out of the of what we did in those days. That's where it came out of, and now it's it's sort of morphing into something different. But um, the volume that we never produced was the catalog. So we were going to have three volumes, volume one, stories, volume two, biographies, and volume three was going to be the catalog. So it comes back to your question about what's the threshold? Well, the threshold at the time was, and that was in, that was in 1990, any stamp that was catalogued at $5,000 or more in Scott. Hmm. So you can actually do it any way you want. You can say, okay, every stamp cataloging $100,000 or more, fine. How many are there? Well, there aren't going to be that many. So you just, you, you, you just go down the, the and, and you stop at some point when you get to, I don't know, 500 or 800 or 1,000 rare stamps. And you create the catalog of rare stamps of the world. Um, which actually, I don't think, I, I mean, you know, the, the problem the problem we have, of course, is we all have arguments about which are rare stamps and, you know, and, and you know, people who are particularly in love with one country. So, well, you've got to have this stamp in there. And so, but you're right. You have to have a criteria. And unfortunately, the, the easiest criteria is probably the value, although sometimes catalog values are, are subjective, of course. Yeah. You know? yeah. So... Wait, and and my last question for you guys is: When you talk about the future, uh, you know, you you talk about one system that instead of um, uh, 
you know, a bunch of fragmented systems where people are doing different countries. You talk about I- ideally having one uh, uh, vessel for, for all this information moving forward. But, you know, for people who uh, maybe don't have a, uh, an international large gold collection, for people who maybe, uh, you know, just enjoy going to StampX and taking the tour, what do you think people can do to help moving forward? How can they become involved in a project like this if they're not, uh, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of people who will be patrons of the Museum of Philately uh, without necessarily being able to contribute their own collection. So how do you see collectors of, uh, of uh, um, you know, lower to mid-tier getting involved in the future? Well, it's a tricky question. I mean, I think that we, we've, set our, yeah, well, we've set our stall out to, to look at sort of world club, the, the top end and then come down from that. I think, you know, whether, whether we'll ever go below the sort of current level we're doing, I think that's probably... Uh, we might get diluted. It's probably the, the worry we have, sure. uh, and get distracted from the sort of over, overarching um, objective of the project. You know, is to kind of you, you know display world class collections, which, which probably the, the most difficult to assemble, uh, and also celebrate the sort of work that these world class flatlists have done in getting sure. these collections together. The, the problem we're trying to come down much further than that is that it does dilute the kind of um, the project because it's very time consuming. Sure. It doesn't matter even if if you look at sort of Karpov's collection we put in recently. There was um, there's three collections. One of them's got 425 p- pages out, uh, you know, pages to, to that have been scanned. The others are sort of hundred. So that it just just in scanning and describing and indexing and then working out which ones are the rare items is a massive task. If you try and do that with a collection of, a, of a, that's perhaps not at that level, it, it becomes a much greater task to do it resource-wise. People can get involved. And one of the things me and Mark have talked about is that you know, we want help from other people. We want other people to contribute to, to our system because you know, there's people out there that are experts in a certain field and you know, they could help populate a certain part of our museum Absolutely. with the stuff that they know, you know, and and and, and, and we all know philatelists out there that are experts in obscure military mail during the Russian Revolution of 1970, you know. And, and me and Marcus haven't got the, 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 the expertise, the, the know-how all, all the time. And so it'd be brilliant to find people all around the world that could contribute with their expertise and with the things that they know. And occasionally they will have items in their collection which are probably unique, you know. Mm. They might not be worth half a million dollars but they could be the only one in the whole world in which case you know we've got to get those into the system and indeed you know we will be hunting for new collections and those new collections don't necessarily have to be grand prix winning or or, or gold medal winning they could just be the world's greatest collection of that particular theme or that particular topic or that particular region um so yeah, we are gonna we are gonna um, appeal for, for for collectors and contributors and collections that might not necessarily be you know these world class collections, but they could well be unusual or unique in a different sense. And there's there's the other the other side is the bibliophiles, the guys who love who perhaps don't have the money to own expensive collections, but have studious minds and have studied and have read up about philately all their lives and have read the great um, catalogs and the great books and have real knowledge. Those people, when they when they pass away, they t- pass away with all that knowledge. So we would love to work with people like that who have, they may not own the pieces or have owned the pieces, but they know all about them. 
Um, and I'm and I'm convinced. I'm sure you've met people like that. You know, who they wish they had the money to have the pieces, but they have that knowledge and that 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 some of them have have um, you know photographic memories. They can come up with, oh yeah, I remember this was sold by this, and that's and and also people have stories. We actually talked about um, the stories of purchasing an item. Okay. And a, a great story of a collector, um, friend of mine who passed away, Dr. Casey, he used to go to Russia in the 1960s and 70s. And he, all the collectors in Moscow would know he was coming and he'd have a stack of $1 notes. And he'd ask them to come to the hotel and they'd bring their finds, the things that they had bought, brought along. And of course, Raymond would buy these things for a dollar here, a dollar there, and so on and so forth. Then he tells tells me the story of this this guy who comes who who says I've really got this very valuable thing and I want I want fifty dollars for it. And there's this big conversation going on. And in the end, I think they settle on forty five dollars or something like that. And that cover was put into one of our auctions and it sold for half a million. <laughs> so I think just so those are great stories. And yeah. I mean. You, everybody has those great stories. So those are the things, there's nuggets of information that actually are out there as great stories that we all know we need to preserve them. So how can yeah. people contribute? How can people reach out to you and, and provide this information or get in contact with you? Well, I mean, that's actually something that Devon and I really need to, to think about. Um, we've got nothing... Um, uh, planned, but now that we've already had, we've already had these thoughts. I mean, the idea of of a Wikipedia style thing is a way to do it. It's just technology mm -hmm. to allow people then to 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 contribute, and then we have an editor who comes in and you know messes around. And we we've got to be very specific of the kind of information we we want. But yeah, I I the answer is. Um, you know, watch this space. We will in we will investigate, and we will be. I'm hoping to by the end of this year that we're going to have most of what we really want up ready. So, um, so that'll be a. Um, I mean, do do make a note of that, uh, Devlin. <laughs> so yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> well, it was said I mean, on that program that you will. <laughs> oh yes, no that that that's a, a definite. I mean, up. Uh, uh, up up until then, I mean, you know, just contact us on 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 the website. Um, and I'm sure visiting the museum at Virtual Stampex is a, a yeah. great way to to get Absolutely. to know you guys as well. Absolutely, and of course, we've just launched recently a blog, which is um, now also um, on 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 the on the museum uh, site. So that blog is going to obviously be populated by a lot of a lot of the work that that Devlin's been doing, uh, writing fantastic articles, um, and we're populating uh, social media with uh, some of that. And so that blog is going to be, um, you know, something that is also generating traffic as well. A great Twitter feed as well for the museum, I have to mention. One of the things I ought to perhaps mention to, mm -hmm. to Charles and Michael is, is a stepping stone to, to what we were just talking about is we've only just recently introduced uh, a, a new tab on the website called Experts. And we haven't populated it other than put one expert body in there so far. But the idea is that we're going to populate that with all the expert bodies 
and and then we're going to start to sort of put information about the the people who actually act as experts for those particular bodies. Hmm. And um, the, the the other thing now that means is is that when you go onto a rarity, uh, you can start to see the the, the certificates that have been produced. Um, so so if you went on the website today and went on to the, the, the BPA or in, in the expert section, it lists all the certificates that we've uploaded into the database against the rarities. So as we, as we move along this road, we will put other expert bodies in there. Um, and the certificates that we've already got that are already registered against a particular rarity will appear again, you know, on, their, on, their, on their page. Um, but also we want to try and give people a bit more information about who these people are because experts in some respects, also great collectors often, but they're really interesting chaps, past, present, but also we want to, we want to try and get some future experts, don't we? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another initiative. And I think that's a good stepping stone to getting a, a broader audience of contributors, people who perhaps, as Marcus said, could help us with some detailed information, bibliographies and, and so forth. Yeah, well, this is great. This has been super informative. Thank you for uh, for do. Do you have anything else that one uh, one last thing you want to share before we uh, close up? Well, ultimately, the ultimate goal um, in the end, and this is obviously beneficial to everybody in our in our business, everybody in the trade, um, is and of course this has been done in the past, and I don't know wh- whether it's been done very successfully, but the whole idea of um, a stamp index. Um, and this is not linked to investment. So you can just <laughs> you can <laughs> you can just cross that off. I'm not saying investment. This is nothing to do with investment at all. Mm-hmm. It's just purely the data which is going to be inputted. And then from that data you can create um, algorithms that show developments or price history and so on and so forth. And I think that's, if if you want, that's the sort of the final aspect which we're working on as we speak. And in fact, I was talking to my my developer this morning, and he has some interesting ideas. So that really, for me, is going to be when we. I mean, obviously, the pot it's got to be populated, and that's the big challenge. And yeah. that's what we, why we need help is the more data that's in there, the more we can extrapolate and so on and so forth. But that would be the ultimate for me is to have um and 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 then and then you can get finance people coming and looking at stamps objectively objectively <laughs> with data mm-hmm. and it's not data i mean we're not trying to sell them something right it's real raw pure data that is true data it's not you know it's not there to to try to invent something mm-hmm. and maybe the data won't show a great picture but it's real data you know mm-hmm. and that data then can be checked you know uh, did this stamp actually sell sell for this at that auction and the answer is yes or you know hopefully yes so that i think that's that that would be that's my sort of that that when i get that to that stage i'm i'm feeling like we're 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 we're, we're getting there and of course there's the whole aspect of then taking the museum to the next level which is where you start having an interactive yeah. a walkthrough. I mean, I said to to Devlin earlier, wouldn't it be amazing to create um, an environment where you could walk into a room and there would there would would 
um, Ferrari would be sitting at the desk, you know. I mean, I, you know, I know it's it's mm-hmm. crazy, but I mean, this is happening in in yeah. other fields. Yeah. yeah. So this idea of and and that's what bringing to life all these things suddenly you're going to get new people interested, which is the whole point. Yeah. Past, present, and future. That's if I uh, something you guys can. Um, remember about today it's past present and future we're very important to look into the past very important to preserve the information that we have today the present and very important that we all work towards building uh, collectors uh, and enthusiasts you know maybe people who don't have money but people who are collectors who are enthusiastic about our hobby for the future mm-hmm. that's a uh, important stuff that's a powerful powerful tool that would be the index yeah yeah. yeah, this has been great. Thank you, thank you both so much for for meeting with us and and talking to us about the museum, sharing uh, its its possibilities and what's soon to come. Yeah, and I mean, you guys, if you guys have ideas, we'd yeah. we'd love to, you know, love to chat at another time. You know, one time, maybe in the real world when we meet up again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. And in the meantime, I'm looking forward to uh, to, to virtual Stampex. I can't wait yeah. to see what you guys are putting on. It'll be a lot of fun. Super. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Th- thanks, right, guys. Right. Really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll talk to you both real soon. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank Cheers, you both guys. so much. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. Virtual Stampex is in a week now. It's a I was week. Gonna from... say, I'm going to put I'm going to put you on the spot. What are the dates? March 25th to 27th. March 25, 26, 27. Uh, yep. So we're, we're, we're quickly approaching. I keep wanting to say, like, I'll see you in March to people. It is March, yeah. It is March already. So I will see you at Virtual Stampex, March 25th through 27th. We will, yep. let's meet up at the Museum of Philately. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. meeting up a bunch for, of places. Yeah, well, we've got our own booth. Let's hopefully meet right, up so there. Right, so hopefully, see, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, But I, I'm really excited for what they're doing, the 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 recreation of of collections i think that's incredible and and i like the fact that there it needs a vr component yeah so i want to get like, an Oculus. like a, you've seen so iron you can, man right no who's your chance to lie but um <laughs> the george washington of this podcast yeah I've not seen Iron Man, but but imagine virtually walking through a, a stamp exhibit from like the 1930s would be yeah. so cool. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the the new website. So they actually have a a website, museumofphilately.com, but they also have an app you can download on the App Store. That's on uh, the Apple App Store, and then also on Google Play Store, where you can view everything that's on the website just as you can on your phone. Uh, and I and I meant what I said about the Twitter account too. It's a fun Twitter page. Oh yeah, yeah. not that I don't enjoy everyone I follow, but that one in particular uh, mm-hmm. is a is a is a good Twitter follow. So go check that out. But um, but yeah, let, let's let's um maybe in an intro or outro in the future we can talk about our experiences at the Museum of Philately. Yeah, uh, we sort of do a wrap up of of virtual Stampex uh, in general. I think would be would be fun for us to circle back around on this. Yeah, it, it really would be. Well, Michael, really excited, really looking forward to virtual Stampex. Uh, this is going to be fun. And yeah. and we have a booth. So anybody listening to this, since we're just a week out, um, please come visit our booth and, and say hey and 
Uh, I, I plan on taking the day shift, Michael. You get the overnight shift. Perfect. Uh, so one of us will be there uh, 24 hours a day for three days. <laughs> Great. Yep. Yep. That's a promise to our listeners. Yep. Okay. Uh, so you can find us on you <laughs> on YouTube. You can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Flatlypodcast dot com. Flatlypodcast at gmail dot com. My glitch was a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's do it again real soon. Yep. Yeah. I'll see you at a virtual Stampex. Sounds good. All right. Bye bye.